welcome back to Everything Scary 3 a.m. My name is John, and with me as always is Mandy. Hello. Hello, and tonight we're going to see something that's a little bit fun. I I have seen this partially. I've never seen this movie. So the, the funny thing is I, I feel like I know this movie not because I've seen it or even seen, like, you know, somebody do a review on it at some point, but I feel like I've seen it because of, like, the the gifts of it all. Right. I, I mean, I... a gift. Uh, the, 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 you should the know tiny that. animated you should know that. that you see on, on I always shows. thought it was GIFs. Anyways, right. so, um, yeah, we, today we are actually watching 1981's Scanners. Yes, I, and this one I did know that it was done by uh, writer-director uh, David Cronenberg. Uh, the one thing I didn't know was, yes, David Cronenberg did uh, Video Drum from 1983. Right. He did The Fly, 1986, right. very famous for doing The Fly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but he did History of Violence. That I did not 2005, know. 2005, yeah. Didn't he do, didn't he come out uh, with a new one? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, it's like Crimes of the Future. Yeah, it has it has Beagle Morrison in it. Yeah. Uh, he also did Eastern Promises, which I, I from what I've never heard, I've, I've never actually watched it. I don't even know the trailers from it. But every time somebody like is mentioning stuff, they're like, oh yeah, Eastern Promises. Like it's a, a you know, like a, a hoity-toity movie. Like I have like, oh. never heard. You know, like they, they sit there like, oh, yes, uh, I watched Eastern Promises. It was such a good movie. You know, oh, you mean the one that David, Cro- I, David Cronenberg did? Yeah, you know, the <laughs> you know the, the Cronenberg effect. You know, we, we all know what that was on there. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see this one because I have wanted to watch it for a long time. This one has one of those, um, like, box arts, you know, like the, the poster art for it for like it's it's just beautiful i love the entire thing i can't wait to watch it uh and it is starring jennifer o'neill uh so you know uh no relation to april as far as i know but uh she was in 1971's uh summer of 42 uh was in 1997's committed uh and in 1999's the prince and the surfer where robert england plays so it's prince and the popper but instead of being the popper it's a surfer mm. and the main bad guy is robert england weird yeah weird and it's it's like he's not wearing the freddy makeup but he's running around and he's he's still you know kind of got the knives? sneer does he have knives i don't <laughs> think so he should though uh, it also has a uh, stephen lack in it who is in 1988's dead ringers also done by david cronenberg 2002's ernstall in havana ernstall ernstall huh uh, and the 1983 is a 20th century chocolate cake. Yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot. It was like, you know, 1988, something in the 90s, and it was like 2002, and then nothing else. So, <laughs> that's, I'm like, oh, that's okay. Uh, and then we got Michael Ironside. Everybody knows Michael Ironside. I love Michael Ironside. You should know him because he's been, he's got 274 credits to his name with actually, eight coming up. I actually just saw him in a, in a major pain. Oh yes. Yeah. He was, he was in a major pain. Uh, I, I was tempted to put that on there. I know him as Colonel Razak from the Roughnecks, <laughs> uh, from, uh, Starship Troopers. Right. You also might recognize him as Richter, uh, part of Mr. Cohagen's, uh, personal staff from, uh, Total Recall. <laughs> Or uh, sadly, you might recognize him as Katana from Highlander 2, The Quickening, where he's like, we must never fight on hollowed ground, and this is hollowed ground. And you're like, none of that makes any sense anymore, bro. You're space aliens. Oh, that my doesn't, What's happening here? You also might recognize him as Darkseid from the good DCAU stuff. Uh, he was also Dr. Willie Sh- uh, Wild Willie Sh- uh, Swift. Swift. Wild Willie Swift. From ER. He was on ER for like seven episodes. Weird. He's also the voice of Sam Fisher from all of the Splinter Cell series. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, he's been on a whole bunch of stuff. 
Uh, then we have the very famous Patrick McGowan. I love all the saying. I like that last name. McGowan. Yeah. Well, so he's well known. You'd recognize a lot of the stuff that he's been in. Easiest thing for people to recognize him in, though, is as King Edward I in Braveheart. Uh, he's, we also have Lawrence Dane, uh, who is in The Bride of Chucky. Uh, and then we have uh, Robert A. Silverman, who is in Jason X. Cool. So a lot of people in this one. A lot of people with uh, with horror pedigrees. Obviously, we're super excited about Michael Ironside, though. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it really, honest to God, Michael Ironside is really just the best thing to have on here. Because it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a good time with having Michael Ironside. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. I... Do you have any expectations going into this movie? I, Is this, uh... I don't. Okay. <laughs> I have no ex- uh, no expectations. I know it's supposed to be a wonderful movie. Everyone always talks about it. It's it's. I mean, it's it's a Cronenberg movie, so it's... you got to expect at least a little bit of Cronenberginess. Um, a lot of goopiness. You know, the thing is, is that it's not going to be like Nightbreed, which I think I don't think we've watched. Uh, but that well, one, not for the podcast. That one also had Cronenberg uh, in it, yes. but as an actor, Cronenberg has been an acting his, his mask, in a ridiculous set of movies. True, his yeah. his mask in uh, Nightbreed is just haunting, oh, yeah. the, like the Mr. Button Man. It's so creepy. You, I'm wondering if they pulled that for Coraline, like if that oh. was like a thing that they wanted to do for some hmm. of the button eye people. Because it's, I mean, you know, Maybe. you could have a couple of different kind of buttons, but no, they got like the the creepy buttons on the eyes. Uh, you know, maybe it's just one of those like you know, co- like you know, convergent, you know, evolution kind of idea things. But you know, maybe sure. it wasn't. Maybe they just like some kid. He watched it when he was a child, but never really realized it. And then he was like writing. He's like, oh god, the button eyes. It's so terrifying. I mean, it is pretty creepy. Uh, he was also in the Stupids with uh, Tom Arnold, where Tom Arnold sings a little song about how he's his own. Who is uh, David Cronenberg? David Cronenberg's in it. Huh. David Cronenberg has been in a lot of ridiculous ass movies. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's like I don't know if he's producing things or if it's just like, hey, David Cronenberg, would you like to be in my movie? And David Cronenberg's like, yeah, I'd love to be in your movie. Let's do this. Except he wouldn't really talk like that. He'd be like, yes. I'm, I'm sure he sure. would. Like he, we don't know how he sounds. Like I think I I was really that sounds amazing. I was creeped out when I heard uh, Clive Barker's actual voice. Like just because I didn't realize Doesn't it was he just Clive sound Barker. Like a regular dude? He just sounds like a regular guy. <laughs> Like, like, Parker, I, think I like expected him to be like spooky or at least talk a little bit like no. Jesus wept, you know, something. But no, it was like, hello, I'm Clive Barker. Pleasure to meet you. I'm like, hello, Mr. Barker. You may know me from the California Barkers. I make a lot of movies, you know, and I had to stop letting other people direct them because they kept screwing it up. I was like, okay, Mr. Barker, thank you. Anyways. Anyway, uh, so we were going to watch this one. I don't remember what it was on. And frankly, it's it's on like netflix or something we'll figure it out and we'll we'll let you know yeah we'll let you know uh but uh we'll pause it here and we'll be right back yep be right back i don't know why i just repeated what you said because i don't know it was you're excited i got excited so excited scanners i would like to scan all of you in this room one at a time scanners 10 seconds the pain begins 15 seconds you can't breathe 20 seconds, you pray it will end, and it will. Experience the terrifying power of scanners. Their thoughts can kill. Wait a Coming soon at a theater near you. Check newspapers for theaters and time. And we're back. We are back. So, that was a lot of fun. I I, st- I know you didn't really enjoy it too much. No, but it's I, not even I, that. I, I, I did. I, I did, and I, and I got it, like... I was there and I understood it and I understood what was happening and it was, it was, I was fully in it until the end. 
Uh, well, the the end is a little abrupt, but well, let's go ahead and start at the beginning, which is where things normally start. Um, we start out with uh, we're watching a a, a vagrant, uh, a guy you know in I and I guess it's a vagrant. Like he didn't seem all that dirty, but it's uh it's this guy walks into a mall. Oh, and you know that's one of the the things that I did really miss. I was like, oh man, do you remember how you know old malls used to be like back in the nineties and eighties? Like it was like the place to be, and everybody was hanging out. Yes, a lot of earth tones. But anyway, I don't remember a lot of earth tones. Oh, but I remember I do. a lot of earth tones. Everything had earth tones. Huh. I remember the whites had like a weird textured wall on the outside. Of it. I always remember like a lot of electric colors. I will say that uh, the one thing that was interesting to me was that everything in this uh, this mall was a law. It was like la creamery, la something else. It was weird. Uh, but uh, we see this vagrant. He walks inside. He's like picking stuff off of people's tables and stuff. I guess, and nobody was giving him like crap about it, which was a little he, like, weird. Stole some he, dude's cigarettes. He, like just yoinks him out. He's just and like he has to do it for like a good 10, 15 seconds. You know, steal a cigarette, steal matches, and uh, uh, starts eating a half-eaten hot dog. Starts looking at this lady who's looking back at him, just talking. Talking a lot of mad trash about the guys. Like, I can't believe this dirty master coming into this house. Da, 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 da. And after a bit, we start hearing a high-pitched, like, whine in the background. As this guy begins to look really hard at the camera. And then we see the lady who was talking a lot of shit start having a seizure. Yes. And flops on the floor and everybody starts being very concerned. Except for two men in trench coats. Uh, because uh, I guess these were the low men in the yellow coats walking around here. They're like, ah, a psychic. Yeah, they were waiting for him. Because they found him immediately and dart him. Uh, our vagrant friend tries to run away, but makes it about halfway up an escalator on the wrong side of the escalator before he has to fall over and sleep. Passes up. That's when we go ahead and switch to another situation. Like, we switch to another place, which is... Uh, a conference room full of people and a bald guy with a mustache. Yes. A uh, bald guy with a mustache is like, I'm a psychic. I'm going to scan you because they're scanners. That's why they're called scanners. They're not called psychics in this one, but damn it, they're psychers. Um, scanners. I, I like psycher better. Psyker? Yep. What's a psyker? Psyker is uh, what they call them in 40K. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Hannah. Ah, look, a psyker. Suffer not the witch to live is what I think. Ah. Uh, but yes, uh, at this point, um, the and, and technically the scanner, the I say psyker because it's people using psychic telepathy. They're they're using the whole like broad spectrum. They can do pyrokinesis, telekinesis. Uh, you know, they can lift, throw, think, and um, I don't know. Uh, I I think one of them was doing something with like people's. Oh, he was able to start uh, stop somebody's heart. Uh, too, so that was interesting. Yes. Uh, but yes, we, we see a guy who's going like, I'm going to scan somebody. It may hurt. You know, just, you know, who's the volunteer? Uh, and we see Michael Ironside walk down the road, and he's just like, okay, I guess I'll just, you know, stand here and I'll sure, sit down. Sure, why we'll, not? Why not? I guess we'll just do it. You know, just just think of something. I do, I, I liked uh, his his little, like, do I do I need to close my eyes? No, no, it's fine. So he, they, they just had like a, like a normal... Kind of set up for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when the high-pitched whining begins again. And unfortunately, the ball guy's head explodes. And if you ever want to look at this, just type in scanners into Google and there will be a GIF of it. GIF, whatever. Of head explosions. Yes, and it's, it's an amazing head explosion. 
we watched this on HBO Max. I cannot stress how badly you need to see this in, in the highest HD possible. <laughs> I mean, yes, it kind of sucks because later on there's a little bit of wire work that you get to see the wires on. But the head explosion is just, oh, it is beautiful. It is 120% Cronenberg. Yep. Uh, well, this guy uh, who done made somebody's head explode uh, gets immediately caught by more ye- low men in yellow coats uh, who drag him out, knock him to the floor, and tell the most bored-looking doctor, you know who you reminded me of? No. Was uh, the teacher from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like the, ah. oh, half again. It's like, uh, how many how many chocolate bars did you chew on? It's like two. Two? What do you mean, two? It's like doing uh, Paul Coogan or whatever. Or, yeah, something like that. Anyway. Anyway, uh, so reminding you of the teacher. Got it. Yes. Uh, so at that point, um, unfortunately, uh, the whim-wham still happens. Uh, Michael Ironside is uh, able to not get poked uh, and uh, goes along with the men, though, to, I guess... Kill him, because he does. Uh, he convinces one dude to smash into a wall, uh, so that goes to the chase car. Uh, the other dudes all get killed. They're all running around with, uh, like, Mausers. They've all got, like, Nazi guns. Wasn't that weird? Yeah, that was weird. That was odd. Like, they're like, no, we have, we have, you know, ah, we want to talk to you, Scanna. We want to take In fact, the only you. one who didn't have one was, was the, uh... Shit, what's his name? Oh, yeah. The, the, guy, the security guy. The 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 sneaky McSneakerton guy yeah. who, who was like, we can't use scanners. They're, they're, you know, he had like a, a 1911. That was interesting. Uh, but yes, uh, so, uh, yeah, Michael Ironside kills, what? Everybody. Six, six people. Six people, that's right. Uh, and it's at that point, um, they're, uh, Consec, the guys who are kind of, doing a whole thing and and kind of running in the project of the uh the doctor who uh nabbed our vagrant friend at the very beginning um they're concerned about you know michael ironside well michael ironside and and doing anything with scanners at all because scanners are scary apparently there were about 200 psychics on a list uh and now they're all gone and mostly it's because michael ironside caused that because michael ironside just does stuff I think like he's that. like getting them to work for him or something like that. Well, so we get or, an explanation. Them, we get an explanation a little bit later on, but that's when he starts meeting the other people. But let's go ahead and go back to our vagrant friend. Our vagrant friend, played by uh, I want to say that one was Stephen Lack. I'm I'm not quite sure. I don't know, but we'll call him Cameron Vale. Yes, Cameron Vale. The who that is the revealed name of our our vagrant friend. Uh, is placed in a room with a whole bunch of people walking inside and they just sit there. Unfortunately, their minds are screaming at him and that drives him nuts. But then he gets a shot from the good doctor, played by Patrick Magoon, uh, of Ephemeral, which is one of the best names ever. I love that name because it's, especially later on when we see an old-fashioned, like... Advertisement. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, the, the weird Prozac one that looked like a Tide commercial. It's like, yeah, oh, yes, enjoy ephemeral. It takes care of all your needs. I, I'm wondering if this has to do anything with, like, Fen-Fen back in the day. Like, they, they used to give it to, to moms yeah, and stuff like I, that. And, I you know, remember. Was, yeah, yeah, I remember Terrible, Fen-Fen. terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, uh, basically what happens is uh, Patrick, Patrick McGoon? Yeah, Patrick McGoon uh, tells uh, our Cameron Vale uh, that uh, he is going to use him as a psychic soldier, a veteran of psychic wars, if you will. Uh, to uh, to go ahead and find Rivik, 
who is Michael Ironside's uh, character, uh, and uh, kill him because he needs to die because he's a bad man causing bad things to happen. And nobody but, can stand up to him because of his wacky mind powers. He's, he's too psychic for that. But the only way that we can do that is with a montage, but we don't get a montage, but we get about five seconds of training in which Cameron Vale sits in front of a yoga master, yes. I want to say. Yes. Yeah. Who is capable of not only starting and stopping his own heart and all that kind of stuff, but is capable of changing his alpha brainwaves. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh. Like he an- is in complete control of his body. Yes. Uh, except when Cameron Vale starts causing him to do heartbeats too fast. He's going to uh, like give him a heart attack. It, it was going to blow up his heart. Yeah, I thought it was, was going like, to happen that way. And before Patrick McGowan has to dose uh, Cameron Vale with uh, with the ephemeral, which apparently knocks out the psychic powers, um, he stops him and he goes like, Ah, yes, Doctor. Don't worry. I am now 120% in control of my powers. Which is funny. It's like his personality completely changed. Yep. Like, he went from very mild-mannered and, you know, kind of scared to, oh, I got this shit. Oh, that's I've how I'm it. supposed to do it. I'm sorry. I figured out completely by now trying to... Now you can give me the fancy clothes. I was going to blow this guy's heart off, but I, I, I don't want to. Now tell me more about this guy that I have to kick his ass over. Which we go to seeing this weird 8mm film of Michael Ironside with a little... A little tape on his head. It's like a little gauze. Yeah, he's got gauze with a little eye drawn in it. And honest to God, if if you want to see a masterclass in in just completely bullshitting, or if you ever were like, well, I don't get uh, Michael Ironside, why he's so cool. Watch this bit. Like, he totally sells it. Like, he's like, I have no idea what the hell's going on, but I believe he definitely drilled a hole in his head. (laughs) Like, and he's, he's acting friggin' insane and he does a great job. I was like, wow, Michael Ironside, what are you, you, you drilled a friggin' hole in your head. He's so great. And then he peels the gauze off and yeah, he drilled a damn hole in his head to, to make let the voices the, stop. Yeah. It was, it was let the pressure out was one of the things. Cause yeah. the voices in his head were too much. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, we now also get to see, uh, the, uh, the douchebag security guy for Consec who, uh, was completely against the psychic program. Keller, right? Wasn't his name like Keller or something? Uh, yeah. Keller. Um, Brendan, I think it was Brendan, Brendan. They, they introduce him like one second and he's, he reminds me of, guy a little bit of Christopher Lee, a little bit of the guy who wanted to be Christopher Lee, but is like really creepy. Looking, oh, it was it was weird to see him, huh. but uh, he uh, he's sitting in a uh, it was it was a subway like the first one was a subway right or was it the first one was like a like a bus terminal? No, I, I think it was a subway. Okay. I think they always meet in the subway. Which where are they? Like it's, that they're they're filming this in subways. Like I, the I, whole subway scene was silly because we already know who he's talking to. Like it's obvious. There's only been one bad guy. Yeah. In this entire thing, and then they're so they're, they're they're trying to to not show that it's he's talking to Michael Ironside and like hey what should we do about this guy who might come after you I don't know we'll have to figure this thing out but it'll be fine and it's I'm so Michael silly Ironside. because Michael Ironside is the only bad guy in this entire he movie really is. like he's controlling everything and it's obvious he's making people shoot themselves with their own Mausers I mean come on man like <sighs> so bad seriously so bad. Uh, it's at this point that they introduce a, a weird 
artiste guy who his is... His art is actually pretty crazy. It, it was actually... It wasn't like, bad. Cool. Like, yeah. I was I was kind of digging it, which is odd because it was not... I mean, it's, it's it, some of it's horrific. There, there's but... nothing happy about his art, though. No. Like, it's all fucked up what stuff. was the there was the one that has like a bunch of brains like yelling at a dude's head but it was like yarn was coming off of it a lot of a lot of like fake glass eyes and in paper mache faces kind of yeah thing going doctors on. like i remember seeing like the pig face doctors. oh yeah. yeah that's right and then there was the the barbed wire guy oh yeah there was a dude who's like had multiple faces all over his head and he was spitting in a barbed wire thing and i was like oh that's that's cool i get it this is something that you wouldn't be surprised at, at seeing, you know, if you were a psychic and you were looking at, oh, this guy's obviously a psychic who can't control his powers. Huh. Okay, cool. He made it all out of paper mache. Makes sense. Yeah. How much of his own poo is incorporated? We don't know. And I frankly don't want to know. Don't worry. I won't be buying any of this stuff. If it's really brown, then we should worry. Yeah, we should. But we're not going to. We're just going to go ahead and skip that. Yeah. So uh, that the whole point why Cameron Cameron was trying to go there was that way he could get more information on Revik. Yes. So he's going to be... Because apparently Revik has gotten rid of so many different scanners... But he hasn't gotten rid of this guy. He, Rivik is is forcing scanners to join or die, except for the artist. And I think he did that because of just comedy. He just wanted it to happen. So our Cameron has to get the the like the address for this psychic out of the uh, the gallery owner, uh, which he nearly blows the poor bastard's head off. And while he's there, he gets scanned by a lady. Uh, who, this is the last time she's in anything that looks good, uh, which was sad. And that's our, our Jennifer O'Neill lady. She's very pretty, though. Lady. She's, she's pretty as hell, but she's wearing this god-awful turtleneck the entire movie. Turtleneck and a scarf. Like, a, a turtleneck that is gig- It's, like, ultra thick. Like, I mean, it was, like, two, three it, inches it, thick. It looks like she's wearing a neck brace. And then she, she has the scarf on the outside of it, like, just in case... Some of the body heat might try to escape up the the funnel that she's made. It's a weird situation. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Cameron drives out to the middle of nowhere. Uh, it is a barn full of uh, like pumpkins. That was the weirdest thing. I, just, I was like, I just why are there so those, many pumpkins? I just saw all the sculptures. That's what I was focused at, uh, focusing uh, on. Was there just are a lot of sculptures. Shit ton of sculptures. And probably one of the coolest sculpture, which is a giant head. With uh, pillows inside. Yeah, like you could you could sit in his head. Yes, which is what we have uh, Cameron having some kind of conversation with the artiste Psyker. Uh, now, at this point, four dudes show up. Well, there's like a lady and then like three dudes all show up with shotguns, with military grade shotguns. All these things had folding stocks. I was like, ah, clever girl. Uh, and they, they all walk inside. And while... Cameron is having this conversation where a guy is going, no, no, you don't want to go after Rivik. They'll kill you. Uh, these people show up, walk inside, and just blow the hell out of them. How they were able to, to sneak up on a psychic, I don't know. Because we don't really get an explanation for that, other than the fact that the guy says in his dying psychic brainwaves later that Rivik gets you and he turns you into a soldier a psychic soldier so i i don't know if they were psychics if they were some kind of meat puppet created by you know uh rivik i don't, I I don't know they were, i think they were the the other scanners yeah but they they didn't do anything other than like look around and walk they didn't talk they just they did so my question at that point is maybe they weren't really you know people anymore maybe they were just 
like you know sets of more rivik true you know true. yeah but uh you know they they walk inside they start blowing things away they they kill the hell out of the artist uh and that's when cameron starts looking really hard at the you know this is one of the worst parts that was God, so funny imagine if somebody so was like funny. Like, you're, like, looking around, and, like, then the camera said some bullshit to you, and you're just like, wait, what? Like, you just keep switching your head to it. Or he's like, he's like, oh, man, where's that fly? And then the camera talks shit, and you have to stare at it real hard. Like, it was like that. Like, you're just like, oh, there's a fly in here. Oh, what, what did you say about my mom? You know, just kept doing that over so and over funny. again, which apparently was him oh blasting God. with psychic powers. It was so funny and oh. so bad. So, the, every time he stared angrily at the camera, he... he Pushed somebody back on his crazy, psychic, you know, bungee cord. And, you know, I got to tell you, at this point, we do realize one of the flaws of psychic fighting is, for some reason, once they're done fighting, they don't finish the goddamn job. So many guys just kept walking around after getting their asses beat psychically. <laughs> True. You know, it's just like, oh, let's not go ahead and, and actually have the psychics, you know, do something about this no let's go ahead and oh you, he fell down uh by psychic law we must allow him to to, to recover live. yep he's gotta live time to run away uh it's at this point that cameron walks up to artist guy as he's dying and that's when the artist gives it says don't go talk to rivik talk to kim so kim, he goes oh, oh something something with an o but it's o, kim oh oblast Obrist. And, and kim is oblast there you go something, something like that i think it's oblast nope oblast okay, oblast Anyways, Whatever. so he goes and talk. He goes and tries to find Kim. He finds her in a house. A dude answers the door. The dude scans him to make sure that he's all good. He's like, ah, ah, yes, you you just gave me an aneurysm, but thank God I can. Yeah, you're a scanner, of course. The artist died. Come, please. Come see Kim. Come, come see Kim. And, and this is when he has like a like a little psychic meeting with about eight like psychics. Yeah, and apparently they all start. Like psychic touching themselves or something. I don't know what happens. <laughs> they have like a little powwow. It, it was it was a psychic orgy. You know, again with the psychics not being able to see the guys because it's the same two bad guys from the the barn full of was pumpkins. It? I didn't know it, it was, was the same dudes. It was the same two dudes walk into the house, beat hell out of the the door guy, and I guess throw him off a landing. Yeah, he's dead. And then walk inside of a room where they're having their little psychic And they shoot three freaking people in the chest. Before Kim, you know, sets people on fire with her minds. Ta-da! Yep. So they die. The house is burning down. They run, make an escape, go into a school bus. And then, you know, of course... It's literally just like a like an Astro van, like colored yellow and says school bus on the front of it. I was like, oh, look at that. And then That's another random, a... and then another random van comes up, like drives right on up to him, was driving on the sidewalk just to get to That was them. actually kind of cool. Like, and... I liked that, that it was driving on the sidewalk because I, because you could see it in the background. It's one of those nice little touches that you, you don't see anymore because, you know, there'd be no way that they'd get permits to have somebody drive on the sidewalk. Yeah, no, not at all. You know. And but, so, so that happens, and then they they. <laughs> so this reminded me of the the Helsing Bridge. Oh yeah. Where, where they they pull out all the guns from the the where, bus. Where windows. are they from? Texas. Texas. 
and they pull, you know, blow out all the, they blow out all the windows and the side of the van because they're all shooting at it. And... So, and how many, there was like four shotguns that poked out of the window? I don't even know. Like I don't even know. They drive up right next to it, which immediately should set off your warning flags that there's somebody driving right next to you. Like, break. It, yeah. Uh, do like, break anything. hard. Like, turn. You know, I bet if they had turned, they would have been fine, but they didn't. Uh, and then, yes, uh, one, two, I think three guys die, including the driver. Uh, they slam into a record store. Uh, and that's when uh, Kim and uh, Cameron, who are the only survivors, get the hell out of there. Yep. Uh, Run down to the basement. It's, you know, and then they, they, it was cool. Uh, everything starts setting on fire because there's, you know, gas and things sparking. Uh, the water comes on, but some dude is just walking around like, ah, Yes, rain, and that's when he walks down the stairs, following the you know Kim and and Cameron, uh, and pulls a shotgun out that he had been hiding the entire time. Yep, and then he goes after them, and while they're talking about not going to go see Revik, this dude points a gun, and then you know Cameron immediately mind whammies him, and then he shows he shoots at a random box, and then he puts the gun down. And Kim's like, we need to go. He's like, no, no, he has information we may need. And the man pulls out a tiny little glass vial with a little symbol on it. Yes, the symbol of, uh, I, I, it was biocarbon amalgam or something like that. It was a pharmaceutical company. I, I just remember it being biocarbon something. It was like biocarbon amalgam. Um, oh, amalgamate. Amalgamate? Yeah. Amalgamate. Biocarbon amalgamate. Like, that is such a, a like, I mean, you, somebody, like, came up with that name and they were just like, well, what do we make? Well, we make biocarbon amalgamates. Okay, uh, what do you want to call your company? Biocarbon amalgamate. You're asking too many goddamn questions. Look, let me just make some biocarbon amalgamate here. I don't want to mess around with it. Couldn't we call it Dow or something? No, shut up. <laughs> it was one of those kind of things. It's like, why did we go with this first name? It's terrible. Uh, but that's when, yeah, Cameron decides to sneak in, which he does, and he sees Rivik standing there being Michael Ironside about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and this is when he learns that the whole purpose of biocarbon amalgamate is to make the scanner drug, uh, ephemeral? I said it like eight times. You did. Now I can't remember what ephemeral, that's called. Ephemeral. Ephemeral. Which I, I just, I love that name. See, somebody... I, I just love the fact that he really worked hard on that name, but then he was just like, let's go ahead and come up with some other names. Some other bullshit uh, names. Scanner. Biocarbon amalgamate. Corn okay, sec. whatever. Here we go. Corn, corn sec. Corn oh, sec. Oh, and the project that all of this is under. Right. That biocarbon amalgamate has. Project Ripe. R-I-P-E. Ripe. Ripe. As in fruit. Couldn't L have called it anything like else. Like a peach. We called it Ripe. Not, you know, Ascension or Project Multitudes or Project Boys from Brazil. No, it's Project Ripe. So Cameron discovers that Project Ripe is actually... Oh, he hasn't discovered it yet because he has to join with the computer to do that first. He hasn't joined the computer yet. He hasn't done that. Exactly. No. So he finds out. He, he, he learns that it's Project Ripe, so he has, to get, he has to get pulled in. He has to come in from the cold now, which he does. He calls the guy up and he's just like... Our, so, the funniest part well, is, is that Cameron calls up uh, Patrick McGowan, and Patrick McGowan is in the floppiest chair that he could be, like, all the looks, way slack the hell out. He looks so comfortable. And he's like, 
he's like, ah, yes, doctor, I need to come in. And Patrick McGrew's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, look, call me back in like 10 minutes, okay? It was so weird. It was like, I was like, I'm was sorry, dude. It was such a weird question. Was he harsh in your budge, bro? Like, what's going on, man? It's, this is terrible. Like, he was so comfortable, he looked uncomfortable. Oh, oh, you want me to do what? Oh, I've got to answer these questions now? Oh, you know what? Just 10 minutes, man. Come on. Anyway, so Cameron, so Cameron ends up bringing um, Kim in because she knows shit about uh, Rivik. Yeah. And so this is when we get the uh the the big reveal that Keller has been working with Rivik this entire time. Which was not a surprise at yeah. all. And Rivik is like, Well, you're gonna have to end them and Keller's like, Ah, good, I get to shoot people. I haven't done that. I kicked a puppy on the way here, but I, I haven't been evil enough today. Which come like that this obvious McBad guy is should be your name at that point. For Jesus. Real. <laughs> But yes, they they fly in on a helicopter. There's like an entire ring of security guys with shotguns, which I loved. I'm like, yeah, you know what we call that? A circular firing squad. Everybody's going to die. Pretty much. Uh, We see a guy uh, shoot them up with uh, what we think is, uh, I keep doing it, ephemeral. uh, And then they walk inside. But it's not. It's just water. No. Yep. It's all sailing. Everything's good. Uh, but we find that out from the doctor who's like, yes, I, I told them not to fill you up full of goofy juice because uh, I have things for you to learn. I need you to go to this because he's like, and I, I don't trust that other motherfucker who yeah. is interviewing Kim. So, oh, yes. But, you know, we have more important things to do. Uh, you need to go talk to the computer because that's the way that you can do things. Do, no, don't worry. You can do that because psychics can do that. Just talk to the computer's nervous system the way you would a human. I did like the, the part where um, Cameron is having a conversation with the guy. And he's just like, I need to know about Project Ripe. And he's like, oh. Really? Well, okay, I can tell you about that, but you know, it's kind of silly. Where did you learn this from? Biocarbon amalgamate, or whatever the hell it was called. He's like, oh, I made that company. Wait, what? You did what now? Like, oh yes, yes, and I, I sold the Consec. Yeah, no, it's, it's a thing. Anyway, like, so we figure that's how we figure out that there's a traitor. Yeah, at this in point, Patrick McGowan like is just like kind of off. He's just like, I don't care. That man. this I whole got paid. yeah, like this whole thing is uh, he's he's useless at this point. I, I quit acting at this point. Uh, this is when Kim gets bad touched by uh, Keller, uh, and Keller is tired of this crap. Uh, so um, he tries to shoot her or something like yes, that he, he pulls tried, out his gun he tries to shoot her and this is like the weirdest conversation because he makes it sound like she's not a scanner it was weird yeah like he's like they've you know the other scanners have told me that you're not a scanner at all and then she like flips his hand all the way backwards makes him drop the gun with her mind whammy powers and does nothing yeah, she knows it. he's evil. He's been talking about Rivik, the guy who wants to kill her, who killed all of her friends, and she decides to walk out the door, which has a lock on it, and not shut it, and then just leave. This makes Keller peeved, so he stands up and he hits the alarm button and he tells the security forces to find the scanners and kill them. Go take care of it. Uh, this that is when work. Patrick McGowan walks off and sits down. After all, all while talking to himself, which he's not actually talking to himself. He's, he's talking not to Cameron. Saying anything either? 
It's like he's basically, yeah. Like yeah, he's just nothing's happening. Shit he's just, that we know already. Oh, and he's like, oh, but it can't be. It, it totes can't be this time around. So that's when um, Keller shoots him, which I feel like that's gonna come back on you. It it should. Yeah, like ah, the the scanners killed him with a gun. My gun. Isn't that weird? They made me do it. Damn these scanners. Uh, Kim and. Uh, Cameron decide to get the hell out of there. Uh, they are stopped by two guards, but Kim makes one of the guards think that it's his mom. And yes. the other guy just assumes that he has blood on his hands. So they're able to get out. They get into a car. They drive to a telephone booth. And that's when uh, we have the weirdest, I guess, at this point, Cameron has become a modem from like the 80s. He is an ultimate hacker. Yes, he, he hacks into the system and he begins to read off all the files from the RIPE project. Which is actually all the doctors that used ephemeral well, for pregnant women. Yes, we, we do get to see that in a little bit. Uh, this is when we have the big security op thing where like the poor techs inside of the, uh, the room are like, we can't get into the file, sir. And uh, Keller's like, do it now or I'll shoot you. And he's like, I... I can't do it, sir. I don't know what you want me to do. It's like, oh, God. Cameron's in the computer. He's in the computer. Kill it. He's like, ah, uh, I, I mean, I guess I could blow it up, sir. It's like, do it now or I'll shoot you. I, I need authorization. No. Here's your authorization. I have a gun. Bullets. Bullets is your authorization. He's like, okay. So he does it all while, while being held at gunpoint. And this whole time... The, the, the fucking Keller is telling him, like, you know, he's st he's starting to back away from the computers. And the guy's like, there's no reason to do that. Like, they, they're just going to stop. Yeah, it's 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 all just a couple of buttons, sir. Uh, meanwhile, we've got <laughs> we got Cameron, like, Cameron having on an the absolute conniption fit while he's reading through all this stuff. Which I guess that gives him perfect recall of the data, too. I don't know how this works. Uh, and it's at that point... Uh, all hell breaks loose because the system shuts down. And he's like, you've never seen a scanner shut down inside of a computer. Which causes everything to explode. Michael Killing... Bay. Yes. Michael Bay everywhere. Yeah, this does kill Keller, uh, which was a good thing. It causes a phone to melt uh, and the phone booth to explode. A wire falls down on top of a gas station, which, uh, honest to God, that was... That explosion was because of the gas station, not because of the exploding everything else. <laughs> That one, that one was, okay, that wasn't the explosion. The weird explosion was the phone bubbling, oozing, and then exploding. Yes. Because apparently... For no reason. Because he, the phone book was made of dynamite. Yes. But this is when, yes, he, Cameron and Kim drive up to a doctor's house and find out, yes, uh, the baby inside of the lady who's there is able to scan Kim, causing her to have a nosebleed. Uh, we find out that the doctors have been giving ephemeral to everybody else, which is uh, causing the scanners to happen. Uh, and this is when Michael Ironside darts everybody. Because Michael Ironside is tired of this crap and he wants to put everybody out. Yep. Uh, this is when Cameron wakes up. And Michael Ironside is like, my baby brother. Or like, let gasp. My brother. Like, I missed you so much, but I've been taking care of you this whole time. And basically we get just... Like, the explanation for the whole movie. And what happened was, was Patrick McGowan gave his wife ephemeral, because apparently that could do something back in the day, uh, which caused her sons to have psychic powers. 
Uh, one being Michael Ironside, who is a dick. Uh, and one to be Cameron, who is kind of a loser. Uh, and at that point, uh, Michael Ironside decided that what he was going to do was create a new world order of psychics. Uh, because apparently psychics can't be taken out by a couple of shotguns. I'm just saying, it's not a perfect, you know, setup with all these people walking around getting taken out by shotguns. True. Uh, so at this point, Cameron says no. Cameron's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Michael Ironside doesn't take that very well. And we get one of the most beautiful psychic showdowns in cinema history with, uh, people having like veins on their hands or their eyes explode or their hands catch on fire. And we get the, the crazy look, uh, from all of the, uh, the posters where, uh, Michael Ironside gets, has his like white eyes and he's going, Oh! like he's powering up to become a super saiyan uh and uh then it cuts to kim waking up on a couch she walks into the room and she's like cameron as she's staring at a dead body on the ground because we saw cameron's body light on fire for some reason and his eyeballs explode and that's oh and he was peeling his face off like poltergeist uh, uh. Oh, i love that uh that's when she sees a guy under a like it was a jacket it was yeah it was it was his jacket okay so he took the jacket off of his burning corpse i guess so and the, i don't know the, the, the he, ja- he didn't have a jacket okay. on whenever they started okay. fighting or whatever that's right yeah he, do you mind if i take off my jacket it's very expensive um and we see now that uh michael ironside's eyes have changed colors to cameron and cameron is now inside michael ironside and and they won We've won. We've won. We've won, Kim. What we've won, we're not explained. We just get the dot matrix ending. A lifetime supply of, you know, PTSD. And ephemeral. Yeah. Good for what ails you. <laughs> Want a psychic baby? Ephemeral. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I I love this movie. Uh, this is a, a fun one. I give it... Uh, what are you going to give it? I'm going to actually give it a 6 out of 10... Um, crazy psychic showdowns. Okay, I'm gonna give it seven uh, exploding ball guys heads out of ten, uh, mostly because I love the the gore factor. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that they did. It wasn't overly gory either. Yeah, the the stuff that they did was practical too, and it was yes, there was some weird parts where like blood was exploding out of people's eyes, people are pulling off their faces and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, a lot of it kind of gets weird. Um, the the ending was very abrupt. And that's, I think we've, ever since the last shift, I've been very wary of abrupt endings. I don't right, like that. Right, right. Um, but, you know, this one, I, I finally got to finish the damn movie. I enjoyed it. I love Michael Ironside in this movie. He's he's great. We didn't get enough Michael Ironside, unfortunately. It's really awesome. Uh, we get sitting around with, uh, I guess, Stephen Lack, who reminded me a lot of uh zachary uh whatever the hell levy levy the the guy from uh shazam yes and uh you need to see him in um chuck because he looks exactly like this guy whenever he's like really confused like oh no that's what steven lack's face is the entire time cameron vale is just like oh like just like really confused and concerned mm-hmm. unless he's really time. really angry and then he's mean mugging the camera or he's, he's like having to he's having to like shake his head and then stare at the camera the way that you would see like a punk rocker in the 90s trying to do a music video 
Like, it was goofy as hell. <laughs> I was like, what's happening here? Stop it. But I would really suggest it. Again, this was on HBO Max, if you've got it. Uh, if you don't, uh, find it on physical media, because this one's a fun one to have. Uh, this is really good for anybody who wants to have a David Cronenberg collection, too, because this is full-on Cronenbergian, you know, with the explosions and the, the everything else. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and really, it's just for that three seconds of head explosion, too. It's, you know, have it. Play it at, at parties. It's fun. <laughs> but what about you? Did you think this was a good one? Did you hate it? Do you love it? Do you Are you a, a psychic? Uh, do you, uh, believe in the God Emperor? Let us know. Reach out to us. ESAT3AM at gmail.com. Gonna be the best way to get a hold of us. You can also reach out to us on, uh, our Facebook and Twitter at ESAT3AM. Uh, on our main website, ESAT3AM.com or Anchor FM forward slash everything scary at 3AM. You can leave us a voicemail there. We would love to hear from you. Uh, but until next time, we will see y'all later. Yep. See you soon. Bye.